You may be seated. I want you to go to the last couple slides there, Norma, but, but we did that outreach in Carthage yesterday. And again, the title of the sermon is Cornerstone. And we need to make Christ our cornerstone. But, but this is a picture of a gentleman that I went into the park yesterday to, as we were setting up before anybody was even there and, and was walking in and this gentleman was sitting at the a table. And anyway, I, I walked by and he started speaking to me in Spanish. Now, it was a Spanish outreach. I'm a little darker than most of them are. So he just assumed I was Spanish and started speaking to me. And I said, no, Caprendo. And, and he said, come over, come over, come over. And, and so I went over and no, Caprendo, is that even Spanish? It is. That's one I do know. And, and, and he come over, I come over there and sat down and he was eating this. He had a water, bottled water and then enchiladas, I believe. And he'd went by one of the food trucks and I think they gave it to him probably to, to get him on. And, and he just started talking and talking and talking. And, and I know enough, I was picking up on some different things. And then he was telling all these heartaches. He, he had picture in the hospital, picture of uh, uh, pins and, and stuff that were set in him to hold his hip together. This guy had been through it, and he's from Guatemala, and I think he's wanting to go back home. He lost his wife. But, but I'm sitting there discerning all this, and so I go over to the booth and get Danny and come back and have Danny interpret it, and it's exactly what I was discerning in my spirit. And, and anyway, we started ministering to this guy, but one thing that touched me as me and him were talking as individuals before anybody else was there, he's bleeding his life to me, and he gives me the other the last, one of his last meals that he had. In other words, I gave him two bottles of water, two enchiladas, and he said, sit down with me, and he gave me some of his last. And, and it really moved me. Well, me and Danny ministered to him, and, and things were going awesome. Then Inbar come over, and then that's him and Inbar praying, move of God. Uh, man, we saw the risen Savior touch this guy's life. And, and that's what excites me. That's why I pastor. I don't pastor that, that Jesus lived and, and Jesus went to the cross only. But, but I, I think the fun part is he rose from the grave. And without that, none of the other happens. And I think that we struggle with Jesus being our cornerstone because we don't get that. And, and I'm talking to me too. I allow things in my life that, to get a hold of me and, and drive me when if Jesus was my cornerstone, then they wouldn't have as much authority in my life. And so we need to be doing things to, to cause Jesus to be that cornerstone. But, but I want to read some scriptures. The Lord put my heart. The first one was Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. Do you believe? Is Jesus your cornerstone today? Second Timothy said, 2.9 says, But God, God's firm foundation stands bearing the seal the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone whose name names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And that one's been on my heart all week because the Lord told me, he said, Kent, 
I know who you are. I know your name. My seal's upon your heart at salvation. I'm your cornerstone, and, and when you stay close to me and don't depart from me, nothing, iniquity, nothing will have a, have a say in your life. And then the last scripture, or another one I want to share, is, is Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine does not, and does not do them will be found like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And I see that a lot of times that when, when people that are, are believers and they get straying away and, and they let all this junk hit them and, and just, it just mops them and wipes them out and they walk away. But the ones that build their house and stay on Christ, they cannot be, be shook. And um, the other scripture that really jumped out to me before I went to bed was something that we always use to tell everybody there's no other way to heaven. But, but John said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life that we'll ever experience. We need to come to him. So today we're going to run this loop. Uh, Karen and I just got back from a mission trip to Cabo. And uh, anyhow, it was kind of a mission trip but it is vacation this time. But, but these waves inspired me. I just would sit there and watch them this week and last week. Um, it was red flags, so we couldn't swim there because they're so dangerous. And anyway, as I began to sit in the pool and watch them, I'm in the pool now filming that, and, and the Lord just started speaking through to me on these scriptures that that I read from you, to you today. Um, the rock where I was standing and where I was at in the pool was solid. You know, that we're gonna talk about that later, but, but I wanna talk about the sand and how the ocean waves beat against the sand and, and the rock. And, and I can see this scripture coming to life because the rock was always solid, but the sand wasn't. And anyway, this went on for 24-7. Uh, actually, it intensified probably since that video. Uh, the waves and, the, and all that intensified. But something the Lord hit me with, and I'm just going to give you some thoughts today. The beach was so beautiful, it drew me in like a magnet draws metal. Man, I begged the, the, the lifeguards let me go in the ocean. I, oh, it was so beautiful. I wanted to go into it, and, and they wouldn't let us. And one of the lifeguards, this gal, she would go out there about every hour. They had four lifeguards on duty, and there was nobody there but Karen and I and Josh and Morgan that I know of. Uh, and she would go out and dive in that water and swim out and come back in. And I'm thinking, she's done it. I can do it. 
And so I'd go up to him and say, hey, will you take me out there? Uh, 20 or 30 years ago, I was Coast Guard certified. Uh, and she looked at me now and said, uh, okay. But they would never let me go out. But as I began to watch this and, and, and sat by it, I saw that the beach changed shape after most every wave because of the shifting sand. And I'm thinking about Christ talking about when your house is built on sand, it's unstable. And, and, and if you watch these waves coming in, it changes and moves the sand every time a wave comes in. And if we're building a house on that, then it's not going to stand. The other thing I noticed is that, that it tires me and tired me to walk in that sand. Uh, it was hot. It was some sand beaches that we went to would actually cut your feet because they were a little bit coarse. And, and there was just no sure footing in the sand. And so as we're listening to this parable that Christ was talking about, when you build your life, your family, all that you are on the sand, it's going to fall hard. And, and I could relate to that because I would go out and, and, and stand in the water at another beach that was a white flag. And I would stand in there and I'd be on top of the stand. And after three or four waves, that sand would be up to almost my knee because it'd go in and I'd just sink down in it. And, and it was, again, uh, just a revelation. But again, the beauty drew me. There was a red shell at one beach that, that I wanted to get. I collect shells a lot, and that's kind of what I do anymore when I go overseas. I want a couple shells, and, <coughs> and I found this red one, but I could never get to it because of the course, the force, and the movement of the sand. Every time I get there, it would, it would, it would pull it away. As I said earlier, shifting sand, it, it will bring you crashing down. Uh, I've been humiliated twice in shifting sand. I've been embarrassed twice when things came crushing down. One was in Al or Liberia when we was in the Atlantic, and it was probably a red flag then, and we probably shouldn't have been there. But Amy was filming me, and this is several years ago when I was in good shape. <clears throat> and I was out swimming in it, and I come in, and that wave hit me just wrong. And I got caught into that, and it pulled everything down to my ankles. And anyway, we laugh at that, but uh, it was hard to swim when your feet are tied. And it got me in that and whipped me around. And when I'd come up for air, this is my daughter. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> filming me. And, and I'm like, I'm dying here, girl. Uh, things come crushing down, and, and you're filming it. And, and anyway, I finally got my britches up and then had to swim at a severe angle even to get in. And they always said at training at 30%, I was literally almost 50% to get in. And, and they closed that beach down soon after that because they said, that crazy guy, we need to get him out of there. Well, the same thing kind of happened it, again down here at a white flag beach. And again, it's okay to swim there, but, but you got to be careful. And, and it didn't do embarrass me too much, but it caught me, and I just did this back and forth with the waves. 
And, and boy, these scriptures come to life. And the Lord would begin to deal with me when we're building our lives on shifting sand, meaning this world and everything about this world, it's going to devastate us. We have nothing to hold on to, and that's what scares me. Again, when I watch that game last night, when I hear that a guy that professes to be a believer use an example of Christ that, that lived and, and was put on the cross, but, but use an example of him being dead. Uh, we need to believe that Jesus is a rock that we can stand on, <coughs> that we can trust in. But again, that beauty draws. And most everybody there, I don't sunburn very easy. And I didn't think I had to put a little notion on my nose, but, but people get sunburns because they're drawn to this beauty, to all this, and it gets them. But slide number six is where we stayed. And I'm going to use it as an example of a solid rock. Uh, if you look in there, uh, this is El Dorado. And anyway, um, we stayed further up around the corner of this place. But, but this place we stayed at was built in the rock. And all the buildings were built out of brick and mortar, so they were solid. And anyway, I looked up El Dorado, and El Dorado means a place of great abundance, but, but it was a safety place. It was a, a place that was solid. Uh, I tell you what, when I was wore out from the shifting sand, and my feet were almost raw from the coarse sand, and, and I've got sand all over my body and I can't get it off. It's in my shoes. It's everywhere. I sure like the sure footing of the rock. Man, nothing feels better when you get out of that sand and get on solid rock. Man, you can move then. Man, the freedom that you have. Put your shoes on and the feet don't burn anymore. Footing could be found there. The solid rock provided shelter from intense heat. Uh, the heat here was really no different from Albania or Liberia. Uh, it was probably hotter than Liberia, and and 87 at night and 94 during the day, humidity out the roof. But we had a place of shelter in the rock to go, a place to get into the air and get out of the the sun and out of the the, the elements that were outside. So it provided a shelter for intense heat. Slide number seven, the solid rock had a bathhouse to clean us up that, that showered us. It had steam roofs, saunas, jacuzzis, and cold water baths waiting on us. And, and I thought of heaven and what God has. And I, had to, I wanted to bleep that, that part out because I didn't want to embarrass any of you of my muscles, you know. But, but, but we'd walk, you didn't have to take anything over there but your clothes. They had everything you needed down to your razors, your deodorant, everything. And you just go in the bathhouse and they had all these things and, and robes and we just hung out. And you could sit and eat dinner, you could eat breakfast, whatever you wanted to do. But we'd go out each morning and get into the cold bath. It was 52 degrees and, and you think it's crazy. But I'd get into that. The first day I lasted eight minutes, but you get used to it. And then get into the sauna or the hot baths. By the end of the week, I had no pains in my body. I'm, I'm sold on the cold bath thing. But, but you go into this place and, and there's such a restoration. 
The rock brings restoration. It brings uh, soothing. It brings comfort. And again, I'm talking about that rock, Jesus. And he's alive today and he's real today. I was never embarrassed while on this solid rock. Actually, I felt safe and secure. Slide 8 is a picture of the outside of the place we stayed, but, but you can see that they're built in rock and, and everything solid brick or mortar, but the people that were gone had their hurricane uh, uh, protection on. In other words, they were already set. They weren't putting cardboard up or, or like a lot of people do when hurricanes come in. They had steel coverings over their windows, and they had steel braces over their doors. Uh, this place was protected. It was sure. It was safe. I have my notes today. Landon and Taylor are watching in Cancun. Send me a picture of the beach and tell me if you can relate. But slide two here, or nine is point two, doubting is dangerous. You know, we talked about the, the sand and we talked about the solid rock. In Jesus' example, when we build our lives around the sand and the things of the world, we're going to come down hard. And, and how we're, we build our house on the rock, how that's the safety and security that we really desire as believers. And so, again, point two, doubting is dangerous. Doubting God is dangerous. Doubting warnings and signs is dangerous, as the Word tells us about Another scripture that I reflected on in this part was James 1. If you want to turn there and just kind of follow around, I'll be jumping around. But, but James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, how many of you lack wisdom? Man, I pray wisdom, for wisdom every day. I, I'll be honest. I'm not the sharpest camper. And, and I need the Holy Ghost. I need God's wisdom. The Lord that goes on through the word said, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Again, that reminds me of the sand. When we build our lives or invest in things in our, our Christian lives that are sand, that's doubting God and what he is. If a scripture comes to us and convicts us that we're doing something wrong and we doubt that that is alive and active for today, then we're building a house on sand and it's going to come down hard. And so we need to pay attention to God's word because when we build on the sand uh, and, and are doubting the things of God and the word of God and the ways of God, we're like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And, and, and guys, I told you the example when I was driven and tossed by the wind, when them waves took me over, you feel helpless. Helpless. And that's when we need the Lord. So the next slide, 10, is some warning signs. This was on every beach, but, but something I want us to get out of this. When we doubt the signs, uh, the green flag meant low hazard, calm conditions, exercise caution, and then uh, all activities are available during these conditions. 
and then it will tell you to keep after your kids. But the yellow flag, medium hazard, moderate surf, and currents. Under these conditions, limit water activities can be performed at the discretion of the outdoor pursuit staff. Avoid swimming without supervision. One red flag, high hazard, high surf, and a strong currents, no swimming, dangerous surf conditions, no water activities at all. Then it just get, keeps going. Well, we're red flag one the whole time, but um, and then two was red flag. You just don't go to the beach. Then purple flags means there's dangerous marine, marine life out there. But what caught my eye at the end of each one of them, it said this, all of them, all the warnings, it said this, at the, if you can see that up there, but it says large waves can sweep you into the ocean. Please be aware while playing or walking on the beach. Parent, parental supervision is required for children under 14 years of old on the beach. These were the, o, the ocean safety rules under all conditions. And, and that really got me because uh, we pick and choose what conditions and things we want to follow in the Bible or the things that God tells us we pick and choose when we need to heed all the warnings and believe all the things that the Bible says and not pick and choose. As I said earlier, there was four lifeguards on duties. They had jet skis with all these uh, side-by-sides. Uh, for, for, again, a family of four that were there, they had to be on duty because of us. Uh, the lifeguards made a comment to me that these waves are deceiving. And that's what reminded me in the scripture in James that, that he said these waves will come in and, and then it'll go back. And so people stay as close to the water as they can. But he said that, that there's going to be one big wave every fourth time or sixth time that will double the distance. And he said, I've seen it a hundred times, but, but people say, oh, the waves are getting further out. So they'll move out and they'll keep getting drawn out. And then the big wave comes and they try to get back away and it's too late and it's this deep and it drags them out. Uh, they just had a lady drown there uh, within the last month that they were talking about that she was walking the beach, and this was a serious deal to them. Uh, one day I heard the lifeguard yelling at somebody, and Joshua was standing by me at the pool there, and, and I go, who are they talking to? <laughs> this, this, well, I'm not going to say names. But he said, that's so-and-so. Every time they walk around the beach trying to pick up shells, they get too close to the water, and they're constantly yelling at them to come back, and the lifeguards will literally follow this person until they're done because they know the dangers of, of these ways. And so again, the danger in doubting what God tells us to do as believer to me is the same way. I, I can see it as Christians so many times that, that we try to get as close to the world, as close to the ways we can without getting in because it's beautiful. But then the next thing we know, the waves have grabbed us and taken us out to the deep sea. And I see that with believers all the time. And we'll warn them. I'll go to them as pastor, are you sure you need to be doing this? Or, or your mom and dad or a friend may come up and say, I kind of question that. You may yourself even say, well, God's really not clear about that. He'll protect me. I'm okay. But, but when we get lured out there and then that big wave comes, it's like the word said, it's hard to focus on things when you're being swept away. Slide 11, so again, 
I think this is a problem with a lot of Christians. The world is beautiful. God created the world. And we want to get as close as possible to the world without getting pulled in. But I wanted to read James 1.13 now. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. I want to stop there because what I'm saying this is about is a lot of times we blame God when we do get swept out. When things happen to us that we, we curse God and, and we complain to God when, when God gave us the warning signs all the time that we're getting too close to the ocean. We're getting too close to the world and, and, and then that big wave swept us out and then we say, God, why are you tempting me? God, why did you do this? Why did you let this happen to me? And that's where I bring us back into the scripture we're reading. Verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desires when it has been, when conceived gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. But slide 14, I want to jump back to verse 12. This is a rock people that we need to be. James 1.12 Blessed is the man woman who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. When that, that world's drawing us in and and our flesh is crying out. And, and guys, I've been there. I'm, I'm with you. I, you want to go hang with this person or you want to go do this and you want to go do that or you want to buy this, you want to do that. And, and your spirit's just saying no. He says, blessed are those who listen. Blessed. And you're going to be like I was telling you that in that rock, he's going to protect us. And we need to thrive and survive in knowing that we need to abide in God's word and who he is. And the last scripture that the Lord put on my heart was out of Ephesians chapter 4. And, and we preached on it a couple weeks ago, or I did before I left, but slide 15. And this is the last point I'll share. But praise God for his grace. In Ephesians 4, Paul was sharing the grace given by Jesus to overcome the waves of the ocean. Jesus saves us from this dangerous world, these sicknesses and sin and death and, and all these things that can grab a hold of us and, and, and take us out. In other words, if that's you today or, or me today, thank God for his grace that when I make a mistake, that, that, that he's going to come after me, that he's going to come and still be that lifeguard. He's going to follow me along the beach. He's going to have angels on duty. He's going to have other believers on duty watching out for me. Praise God for his grace. Ephesians 4, 7 and 8 says, but grace was given to each one of us in accordance with to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led cap 
the host of captives free, and he gave gifts to men. Grace is usually defined as undeserved favor. Grace cannot be earned. It's something that is freely given, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us. For grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we count on God's grace and the bridge he built in our relationship with him. So when we are swept out, that, that we are confident. But, but when we are doing the right thing, we are confident that his grace is sufficient for me. Amen. I want to read the uh, uh, word that Gary Dumb sent out the other day when I was writing this. And, and to me, it spoke at all, but it was on September 28th. But he said, my son, and, and you guys weigh this out. He believes the Lord spoke this to him, but, but I think it could be for us as believers here today. But you pray and wait out yourself. But my people, I know that you are a man and woman of unclean lips, as you have said to me. For you are in the world of unclean lips. But you must understand that we are spirit and operate in the spirit realm. Having been created in our image, meaning the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, part of your person is a spirit man that resides in your being. As you heard last evening, if you are in Jesus and believe in him, then how I see you is through the spirit man in you. There is no corruption, no unclean lips in the spirit man, for he is undefiled and made perfect by faith in Jesus. So when I look at you, I look at the spirit man in you, and I am well pleased with him. My love for you is unlimited because the spirit man has been made perfect by Jesus. My love for you is in or by Jesus, period, I was thinking grace. But my love for you is, is predicated on your faith in my provision made possible by Jesus. Walk in faith. Rock, sand. Faith, unbelief. If you're a believer, it's in you today. And, and you can walk in that grace so if we're in a bad place and things aren't working right now, we can go to the Father and say, I need your wisdom. I need your help. And his grace is sufficient for me. And as I said earlier, he puts people on our path. He, God gives us each other and, and to protect and help us not to be deceived and, and by help us to understand the word and how important it is that that we don't build our lives on the sand of the world to where we forget about the spiritual gift, the rock that God has put in your life to help other brothers and sisters. Uh, this is my biggest concern as, as a pastor is that we're so caught up in the world and its benefits, we forget about the giftings and the benefits of the giftings we have to build God's kingdom. And we need to operate in them. And a few weeks ago, we're going to go to Ephesians 11 and 12, or 11 on. But, but God talked about, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. But all of us have gifts to operate in. And, and we had the choice to, to treat it as sand or to treat them as a rock and do them. And, and God is calling us into our spiritual action, if you will. 
And it's just like the word I believe Gary got from the Lord is God's spirit is in us and it's dying to get out and save a soul. Man, if you want to get fulfilled, if you want to feel God's presence, then, then you let yourself be used like I had the opportunity to be used with that gentleman I showed you earlier today. I was just walking through the park. Me and Randy Crockett walking in the park the other day had a great fellowship with a guy. It may not have been deep, but it was good. Went to Walmart after that and ministered to three or four people because God has put us out there to put into other people. And that's when ministry is fulfilling. That's what I always remember. Dad is, he'd always say to me, you got the fun job. I'm the senior pastor. Well, I say it a lot of times now, Joe, Jim, they got the fun job because they get to do all the ministry. And I got to do a lot of the other stuff. Man, you want to be fulfilled, lead somebody to Christ. You want to be fulfilled. If you don't know the truth, I, I, I hesitate because of unbelief even saying this. But that gentleman that we prayed for yesterday morning had the hip problem, you know, and he had a cane. When we were done praying for him, we walked back to the booth and finished setting the booth up. And it was probably 100 foot. I turned around and I couldn't see that guy anywhere. And the thought went in my mind, you entertained an angel. Do we even believe that? Do we even believe that's possible? Yes. We should. And, and, and that's what God's so alive and real. But he gifts us and he, he gives us this great salvation, these great gifts, verse 12 of Ephesians 4, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, to lift people up until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature in manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, and so this is key, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Guys, I hear so much stuff out there, even in the, 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 the religious world, if you will. There's things I hear from the pulpit that I question and I constantly go to the Lord, give me wisdom. There's a movement going on right, right now that's scaring the tar out of me, and a lot of people are in it. And I pray, Lord, give me wisdom and discernment because I believe these people are on the wrong path. I don't know why I said that. 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And that's what I want for Oakton. So if the praise team wants to come forward today, and I'm going to read one last scripture once they get settled up here, but... but, but the reason I said what I did earlier, the Bible talks about in the last days, there's going to be false Christ and false prophets. And guys, there's some stuff out there right now that, that, that really scares me. And it's checking my spirit. And some of it I don't even understand. It just doesn't set well with me. 
Joe, I know you're feeling some of the same things in other areas. And we pray for discernment, but, but we always go back to that completeness that Christ lived, that Christ uh, was lifted up on the cross, that Christ died and rose from the grave so that we could overcome. And we need to hang on to the blood of Jesus and what it's about and, 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 and compare things to the word and, and study. And I'm telling you guys, you've got to be on your toes you got to be on your toes because I believe a lot of ministries are getting as close to the water as they can, and the big wave's going to come in and take them out. And, and I, that's, that's what I say that for, is we don't need to be like the world. God's Holy Spirit is better. Man, what God has done for us is amazing. It's incredible. It's indescribable. Man, Joe, when you guys are singing them worship songs, I was wanting to jump the altar. If we really believed what we're singing, it's indescribable. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. But guys, following Jesus, God has made it possible for us to walk in these things, to walk in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, to walk as overcomers, for oceans and waves of this world have nothing can hinder us. 2 Timothy 2.19, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing the seal. The seal is Christ on your heart. The Lord knows those who are his. He knows that seal. Let everyone whose names, the name of the Lord, depart from iniquity. Keep your eyes on him. And next time I preach, God gave Moses power to split the oceans and the sea, and they walked through on dry ground. Think about that. Jesus had power to walk on the ways. Do you notice the ways were under his feet? Now go back to the video I showed you this morning. That's what caught me more than anything. We went out sailboating and they weren't beating around, but Jesus walked on these waves. Wow. They were under his feet, meaning cancer's under his feet, meaning everything that we battle is under his feet. And how many times did Jesus control the ocean and the waves? Peace be still. Look at that video. Seven days, 24-7, I heard them waves pounding against the land. And Jesus calmed them by saying, peace be still. It's powerful. We serve a God that's undescribable. It's awesome. So why are we beat up? Because we've been caught by the wave and we're being tossed around. And you're like me, at times all you know to do is say Jesus. Jesus. And that's what I want you to do today. If you're being tossed around, I want you to come to these altars and just say Jesus. If you don't know what to pray, what to do, just say Jesus. If you're here today and hadn't received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you've been tossing around, you too, say Jesus. And let's pray about it.
because Jesus gives us power and authority over everything in his name, in his name. Let's stand to our feet today. Father, I don't know what everybody's going through, but you do. And so, Father, I ask that you minister into each person today. And, Father, that they'd have the boldness to to recognize that we need you. And, Father, that, that we'd have the humility to say that we need you. But, Father, uh, even if things are going good for us today, that we have the humility to say we needed you and it's all because of you. But, Father, I ask that you move across this body. Lord, I pray that people will be saved today, people will be set free, people will be filled with your spirit, people will be renewed with your spirit. People would run out of here shouting the glory of God and the power of the rock that's in their life. And, Father, we thank you for your grace, your grace that you've got your eye on each one of us and you know exactly where we're at. And, Father, that you put people in our life to minister to us and that you're after us and you'll never leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, please come to these altars today. Let's deal with some things today.